Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm back. Guess who's back? Back again. Fergus is back. You're not ghetto. Yeah. Uh, Fergus Craig, that's me. I'm back. Uh, returned from my fourth foreign holiday of the year. Um, Such a dick. Yeah, yeah. in the one percent, I am yeah. part of the elite. Joined by Dave Watson, definitely who, not in the one percent. No, who wasn't in the lo- on the last podcast either. No, uh, it wasn't because you were on a foreign holiday, <laughs> was it, Dave? Uh, why was it? Well, I, I was kind of on a holiday. I took a trip to Brown Town. I was uh, <laughs> right. Okay, let's quickly explain what that is, and it's not something racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had uh, according to uh, a mate of mine who's a GP. I had acute gastroenteritis, which is a nice way of saying I had the shits. Right, yeah, pretty shits. bad as well. Honestly, it was awful. Okay, I reckon I've lost half a stone. Really? Yeah. Wow, it doesn't show. Thanks. Um, so, uh, D- Dave's, uh, you've recovered from the shits, though. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. And um, in between your uh, shits, uh, we've had. Uh, two victories Yeah uh, Congratulations to the lads Yeah If you're listening um, Did you see that coming Dave? No Six Absol- points well, from two I, games I think I said uh, Against two um, Informed teams Informed teams Two teams You would have to say Both uh, Vying for at least A Champions League place Absolutely not And I think part of the reason I was expecting us to get like the humping that uh, I predicted before the Liverpool game was because both of those, both of like Liverpool and Spurs, their their successes relied upon uh, endeavour on the pitch, and that's not something we've been matching up until now. We've not been a, a hard working team. We've just been a, you know, like the, the the game against Norwich and the game against well, the the win against Bournemouth was more. You know, luck than anything. Incredible luck. Yeah, and then uh, the the win against Norwich was an aberration. Uh, Norwich are, were awful, and we just were unbelievably clinical. But these two games, we've worked harder in these two games than I've seen certainly since 
for, well, for years. Like, we, honest to God, the, the grass. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. Because under under Carver, we didn't put any effort in until the West Ham game. Under Pardew, we didn't because we were just a direct counter-attacking side. We didn't really, you know, we weren't pressing all all over the pitch, all over the like for the for the full ninety minutes. Whereas against Liverpool, we did. We 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 restricted them to um, a few half chances and. You know, uh, we just grounded out against Liverpool, and then like the I think the the difference was bringing on Perez uh, in both games was that's that's the difference maker. Well, um, the Liverpool performance has obviously been addressed in the last podcast. Mm. Um, I do think it was a really good performance. That though, yeah. Um, yesterday, uh, at the time of recording, it was yesterday uh, was pretty bloody good. Um, but it could have been different. I mean, the first half, I don't think it was great. I don't think it no. was bad. Um, if I looked at Twitter at half time, and perhaps because there is, you know, because of the way uh, things have been for the last year or so, there was a lot of negativity about about that first half performance. Yeah. Do you think um, one down one nil at half time? Do you think that was? Fair, a yeah. fair scoreline. Oh well, actually, I would say it was unfair on on Spurs. I think the, the, the amount of the amount of like uh, good saves that Elliot had to make, which he did brilliantly. By the way, he was yeah. man of the match. Um, I think, yeah, I think one nil was was about right. Um, maybe a little bit generous to us because there were some top class saves. And the thing with the the first half is, and I've I mentioned it with a couple of mates, like. Kind of think that we just allowed them to work themselves out on us, like wear themselves out on us rather. So I think we we kind of played like a little bit rope a dope. Like we just let them, like we we all of our all of our um, outlet was a long ball and a long ball to nothing for for the most part. Um, I think we just gave them the ball too cheaply. But when they when they did attack to us, we just we packed packed the area and just let them. I mean, uh, I think I, I, I've written it down, but thirteen out of the twenty shots in that game came came from outside the box. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I see what you're saying with the old rope of dope. Mm. Um, although, if the result had been otherwise, which it could easily have been. You know, if we'd not put away those two chances, then it yeah. wouldn't look like such a genius plan. Well, but, no, you know, but, but that's the nature of football. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, but uh, just to speak a moment about Robbie Elliot, while while he's still on the tip of our tongues, um, I think it was like I don't want to do him down, right? I think it was a good performance. Yeah, there were some good saves. Okay. Um, those and this is obviously not his fault, but they, it, all those, the like I don't know, three out of the four of the memorable saves came in about the same two minutes. Okay. One of which yeah, led yeah. to a corner, which led which to then the he, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not his fault, obviously. No, 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 not but um, I was at the game. <laughs> I was at the game. Yeah. Uh, sat with the uh, Spurs fans, which is amazing. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and the uh, the one that really stood out for me, I don't think this is just again not a criticism at all. I don't think it was as as spectacular a performance as him against Bournemouth. 
And I don't think it was as, spe- okay. as spectacular a performance as him against, as cruel against Spurs a few years ago. No, I agree like. with that. Yeah, yeah. But there was only one of those saves f- from where I was sat, which, from where I sat, it was, I, I just assumed it was in. Right. And then I couldn't believe he'd saved it. Which one do you remember? It was the one that was heading to the top right corner. Was it Ericsson? Oh, okay, from outside the area. From outside yeah, yeah. the area, and it's heading yeah. from. Maybe it was just to do with where I was sat, but I okay. just assumed it was in. Well, the, the one that the one that um, the blue mind wound was the uh, the the Lamella chance where he uh, he broke through and it was uh, it was heading. Yeah. I mean, it's centre of the goal. And, I think they were both a little and it was, actually, but I know was, what you mean. The yeah, way he took yeah, yeah. out of the bar, which led to the, led to the cor- corner, did, which yeah, led yeah. to the goal. So sorry, Elliot, but you should have caught it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I honestly like the, the, that that save was that's pure reactions, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think that the the the, uh, the the Elliot performance against Spurs was as good as the Kroll performance against Spurs, yeah. but. I mean, you can only save what's put in front. Yeah, obviously, exactly. Obviously. And also, I expect less of Elliot than I do of Tim Krull because Elliot's yeah. like for all he's had a, he, he's not let us down really. He's not a great keeper. Well, I, I saw it. I think I saw you mention this on Twitter that like um, everyone was saying. Uh, well, a few people were saying, "Oh, if we'd had Krull in goal, then we would have lost that game." Yeah, yeah, and you pointed out, well, we did have crawling goal at White Hart Lane <laughs> a couple of years ago, and we won it because of him. It's funny how like players just become un- unfashionable with the fan base. Yeah, and yeah. Tim Crawl, who hasn't had like the best six months or so for us, is suddenly like, uh, you know, crisp hands. Yeah, or whatever. Which is well, crisp like, packet it, hands, I, which is a phrase I think I picked up from you actually, Dave. Thanks very much. The uh, the, the one that strikes strikes me is uh, Colaccini because Colaccini for the, the majority of this season has been very very poor, yes. and yet the last couple of games he's been better, not great but better. And uh, they were, like the the away fans were singing his name, like they were True. wheeling out the yeah, Colaccini chant, lot, which yeah. which I haven't heard for a long time. And it's like you're saying, they sang Cisse's name as well, actually. Did they? I, did, yeah, I, I didn't hear times. that. I was watching it on telly. I heard them singing Mbemba's name quite a lot. Yeah, but I think that's just because. It's what a, is the Mbemba song? Um, I was trying to work it, it out. It's, uh, whoa, Chancel Mbemba. Yeah. Oh, he's our best defender. No, he never gives the ball away, right. and to a tune that I, I quite like that. I'm eight. What's the tune? I am, I'm eight. I, cu- I couldn't okay. recreate it, but oh, uh, okay. but I was having like just just a, a very quick sidebar. Yeah. I, I think Newcastle fans need to step up. We need to get better chants, and we need to start singing songs about our own team and our own players and our own owner. Like even if we're having a go at Ashley, I'm fine with that. But honestly, we were singing about Sunderland. Why are we singing about Sunderland when we're like losing away at White Hart Lane, or even when we were winning? There Haven't was still we always sang about Sunderland? I don't always, as long as I don't as long as I remember like, going. We've always sang about Sunderland. It's no, but it's fine when it's like it's uh, an individual chant amongst a lot of others. But it was the Adam Johnson chant, and it was the Adam Johnson chant quite a lot. I think there's a misconception that the Adam Johnson chant is as good as the Roy Keane wanks his dog chant. 
<laughs> because I never had a problem as far as I was concerned the Roy Keane wanks his dog chant <laughs> could have gone on all game every game I mean it was it was even better than the Peter Reid's got a fucking <laughs> chant the Adam Johnson chant is you know it's alright so I, I you know it's a bit dodgy yeah but I'd, um, I'd, I'd just like us to have a chant about Perez that isn't recycling the Andy Cole Andy Cole chant I'd like us to have a, a chant about Vinaldum that is remotely good and ah, I just we've got enough yeah. creativity but is there like, a mean to expand that is there an argument that fans in football in general just aren't coming up with as good chants well, you say that, but then the um, the Man U fans are consistently good at coming up with chants, and they're consistently right. good at like getting the new chants onto the terraces. Yeah, Everton fans pretty good as well. So I don't okay. know, maybe. But anyway, that was just a that was just a sidebar. Oh, a good sidebar. So, um, like I say, I sat uh, with a couple of Spurs fans, mm. and. Um, uh, we all agreed at half time that they just about deserved to be uh, in the lead. Mm. Um, the way they were playing, he told me throughout the season, uh, their sort of um, go to tactic is quite interesting. The two central defenders of theirs, Fernaldum, Aldevareld, Aldevareld, and what the fuck is his name? Don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> They're two, they're two central yeah, defenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Van Allen, but that's not it, is it? Vermalen. Vermalen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it, right. Vertonghen. Thank Van you. Marlen's the Arsenal one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, ex-Arsenal, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, okay, sorry. Sorry, the, the, the text just told us off. As far as I'm concerned, all fucking foreigners have got the same name. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. um, yeah, yeah. We should, uh, a little extra piece of enjoyment for... Uh, Newcastle fans listening is that our tech today Ollie is a Spurs fan <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how you feeling Ollie? Uh, fine good, good <laughs> glad you got the Newcastle podcast today mm, uh, thrilled yeah thrilled so um, uh, as the Spurs season ticket holder told me um, those two central defenders I, can't, I still can't say their Vertonghen name. Vertonghen and Alderweireld yeah, okay, them two. What they have been doing is controlling a lot of the play, like playing like long balls, diagonals. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they played a lot of really good balls in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sort of almost like that quarterback role. Yeah. From central defence. And um, Well you saw them isolating in the first half they were isolating Jan Matt. Um and it was the like Danny Rose and I can't remember who was out there for for Spurs in the first half. Was it Kyle Lamel? Walker? No, no, no. On the left, on the left wing. Lamel. Can't remember. Anyway, the point is that they were isolating them in the first half. And at, at first, I thought, oh, are they just doing that because our right flank is generally the, the 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 flank that gives us the most joy? So if they peg them back with these great, I mean, Alderweireld was pinging some absolutely out. Out of the world, balls down down that side. Was yeah. it just to peg them back? Don't know, but apparently sorry. that's been their tactic throughout much of the season. Yeah, uh, knocking in those long balls, and then what happened when we brought on uh, P- 
Perez and then Mitrovic. It was in that order, right? Yeah. When we brought those two on, suddenly they were hassling them mm. and they weren't able to do that. Absolutely agree. Um, is it uh, a stroke of genius? The fact that we've, we've just played two teams that are vaguely similar in their style, like they press, right? Yeah, Liverpool well, and Spurs, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. They, they expend a lot of energy, right? Yes. Is it a um, stroke of genius to not start Perez and Mitrovic, Mitrovic mm. and to then bring them on with uh, fresh legs? With half an this, hour to go. With half an hour to go, or less, as it actually was yeah. yesterday. Um, and, uh, and capitalise on the tired legs of the opposing team? Or is it... Basically, why is McLaren not starting Perez <laughs> and Mitrovic? Right. So against Liverpool, I think the reason that he didn't start Mitrovic and Perez is because that partnership hadn't been working. Like they were, they were. But I thought it had. Weren't, weren't we all excited about that? We were were. There, wasn't that the only thing in our side that was working? Were yeah. we all excited about? It looked promising, it, but it wasn't bearing fruit. It was to a degree. I mean, it wasn't... But it wasn't getting us points, is the... is uh, True. So, like, they weren't... McLaren... If you were to go through our side, as a, like, as a non-football expert, if you were to go... Which I am, right? right? I'm not an expert, (laughs) right? But if you were to go through our side... Yeah. Then I would have thought that that was our strike force duo, Mitrovic and Perez, was the one part of our team that was working that was working to a degree that wasn't like embarrassing so I believe that the the reason that he switched to De Jong and Cissé is because he wanted more experience on the ball and and he thought that bringing on De Jong you'd have a a leader on the pitch and we we said it uh, well the the lad said it in the previous podcast after the Liverpool game that De Jong was was far more vocal he was chatting to to the people around him he was dictating the play right and and also Cissé full credit to him he worked his bollocks off and there is the suspicion that there was something going on in training between Mitrovic and the rest that maybe maybe he wasn't yeah. getting on the pitch because of his performances in training or his attitude in training I don't know I was but wondering that's about why that. there's something behind the scenes with Mitrovic because on the pitch he looks like he's got oh, he, he, heart he's like he's, yeah but that, that's, that's and Perez like Mitrovic and Perez like on average our team really doesn't try that, that's the yeah, reputation yeah. they have right they yeah, don't yeah, fine. Uh, go for it whereas Mitrovic and Perez they're like a, they yeah, bite yeah. your ankles. They're I think the problem with uh, playing Mitrovic is, I mean, we saw it in the first like five minutes. He was facing up against uh, Deli Ali, yeah. and um, and I'll apologise to the, the the Spurs fan in the room, but Deli Ali is a, he's got a face you wouldn't tire of smacking. Like he's just an annoying footballer. And Mitrovic, within five minutes, he's like facing off. And if you start him in a game, he's still got that about him that he could pick up a yellow early doors for something silly like that. And then another yellow 20 minutes later, I think I was going to bring this up later. Like, do you bring on Mitrovic as just an impact sub? And I think at the minute, I think you do. I think you start the game with De Jong and you start the game with personally. Although you tweeted... De Jong, De Jong has done nothing. absolutely now, yeah. you said. Yeah. But you still want to 
You I'd still want to start him. I'd start him with the young, but I'd start even the though young he does absolutely now, according to you, Dave Watson. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Because why don't you start with me then? Because you. I'll do absolutely now. <laughs> um, I think in the games coming up, we're going to be playing with more confidence, and I think uh, De Jong will have more time on the ball, and we'll see more from him. But in okay. the in in the Spurs game, De Jong did absolutely bugger all he was more except he, for that one shot that uh, Cissé managed to block with his head <laughs> yeah apart from that one thing but I think in the, the Liverpool game I think that uh, De Jong was decent in the in the Liverpool game I think uh, until he went off I think he was uh, he, he, d- he gave the ball away a lot but he was very instrumental in turning the, the, the game the, our possession from defence into attack so what would you do replace Cissé with Perez and keep De Jong yeah I mean, Perez seems really harshly done by, doesn't he? Not I, to be starting, I mean... I think uh, there was on another podcast and they said that Perez is one of the most underrated footballers in the Premier League and it's hard to argue with him. He's, that might be true, although he does seem like he's starting to be rated. Yeah. By those in the know. He's, he's a fantastic player. I mean, the, the, the reason that he scored against Lloris is not because Lloris is a bad keeper because he's absolutely not. It's because he took it early. He didn't give Lloris the chance to set himself. And well, he you know, had to take it then, didn't he? Because he was running out of angle. Because there are some pe- there are some players that would trying have to bring it back. Try to, yeah, yeah, well. they would have tried to turn the defender or whatever. But but Perez has got that knack of just well the confidence just to take it early. It was, um, and that's what Vardy does, and that's why Vardy's what he's got like eleven goals this season already, more, something like that. But he's a different sort of player. Isn't he? he is, okay. he is, he is. But uh, he takes it early. Is my point, and okay. that's what Perez does. Um, I do still think that was an error from Lloris. I think that's. I think the the first goal is more of an error on Lloris's part than the second, because the first goal um, he's already backpedaling by the time uh, Mbemba puts the head on it. And Mbemba stooping, like Mbemba shouldn't have been able to shoot. Uh, get, mm. Sorry, get the head to that. Like the the Spurs defense should have muscled them out of the way, or should have made that. Like because uh, to, to be able to stoop in the six yard box and get a header on target like that, that, that that's that says to me that the defender hasn't done his job. And Larice is already backpedaling at that point, and whereas he should either be coming out to to attack the the headed ball back across by Colaccini. Or he should be, I don't know, um, making himself big in front of the Mbemba. Uh, in, in front of the Mbemba. In front of Mbemba, make himself big. I think from now on, Chancellor yeah. Mbemba should be known as the Mbemba. The Mbemba. <laughs> Instead of the Chancellor, which is a better name. The Chancellor? Yeah. The ch- what about the Chancellor of the Mbemba? <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you just want to put a the in front of yeah, everything. but it's also that's like Chancellor of the Exchequer. So it's, it's, oh, it's, right, there's right, a right. lot of pun going. The on Warden there. of the North and things like that. It's very Game of Thrones. I like yeah. it. The Chancellor of the Mbemba. Yeah. Okay. I think that if we can fit it on the back of his shirt, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, right, where are we going next? I mean, uh, it was there was a big difference between us. Like I say, before those, uh, before Mitrovic and Perez came on, and after they came on, it was a it was a big difference. I would say that we were getting more into the game 
um, in the second half. We, in the second Before half, we came yeah, yeah, straight from absolutely. the second. Absolutely. The had a good chance, yeah. which he didn't do terribly with. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say that um, when... As you were saying earlier on about um, Alderweireld and uh, Vertonghen not having the time to ping those like amazing crossfield balls, yeah, I think that that movement of Mitrovic and Perez uh, allowed more space to be uh, freed up for Vinaldum and for Sissoko, which is why Sissoko, from nowhere, from about the yeah, pretty much as soon as Perez came on, Sissoko started to have. All those, you know, those amazing runs past two or three players, and then Jan Mat started finding space, and he was pushing further up the pitch. Domit wasn't because he can't, but Vinaldum was taking the ball in the centre of the pitch, and like the the, the winning goal, Vinaldum receives the ball and lofts a like it's there seems to be nothing on, and he lofts that ball forward for for Mitrovic, and yeah. P- Perez is gambling on Mitrovic winning that ball. He doesn't know it's going to happen. He's just He's just hoping that it does. De Jong and Cisse weren't linking up like that in the no. f- in the first. But is that because Alderweireld and Vertonghen at that point were tired? I don't know. I think it's partly that, but I also think that Mitrovic and Perez are confident young footballers. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting uh, how, how we line up against Aston Villa because we're going to have a lot more of the ball against Aston Villa in our style seems to be soak up a lot of the pressure and then hit them in the in the final half hour or so Aston Villa are going to are going to either by virtue of them not being very good and also by virtue of them having no confidence and not working very hard for each other we're going to have a lot more of the ball which means we're going to have to like we're going to have to tease them apart we're not going to be able to they're not going to be stretching themselves I'd like to uh, give because I know they're um big fans of the show and listen <laughs> to every episode I'd like to give a, a bit of a shout out to our defence yeah um, Danny Rose seemed on occasion to have the better of Yanmar in the mm. sense that just in terms of his pace I think yeah, yeah, they were yeah. knocking in balls that he was able to run onto but other than that the Spurs fans I went with were impressed uh, with our defence holding its line and in the sense that Basically, Kane never got behind in behind our no back four yeah in the game, which uh, deserves credit. Absolutely, I think. I also think it like I said before that uh, thirteen of the shots came from outside the box. Exactly, yeah. thirteen of the twenty shots that they had came came from outside the box. I think that's because still the, that does mean they had seven shots inside the box, which isn't great. Well, is it? no, but it's sixty five percent from outside the box and we, I can't remember how many of those shots were blocked inside the box either so you I don't know, remember many great blocks. chances no there, we there weren't very many and Elliot seemed you know uh, equal to them when they did break through but I think we're getting used to uh, those two defensive midfielders only offering us that do you know what I mean? Like the the, the defense is doing their job now, and almost just like accepting the fact we're not going to get anything better from uh, Vernon Anita or Jack Colback than a destructive role. It's a, it's a role that should be played by one player, and we should have another player that's, that's creative. Yeah, I still don't get them really. I mean, no. I mean, uh, if you had yeah, like you say, if you had one, if you had Teote three or four years ago mm. 
he could do that role on his own. Yeah. I don't know. Like, okay. so, yeah. so our, cre- our defense does deserve credit, and I think they're working better together now as a unit. Um, I still think we need a more dominant centre half than we have, and I still think we need a new uh, new left back because Domit doesn't offer very much going forward. There's a few times in the first half he had a couple of chances to um, he, had, he had a couple of chances to put a, a, a cross in, and the cross that he was putting in wasn't useful. Um, and he can't beat a player. And these days, your modern fullback, he's got to not only contribute defensively, he's also got to contribute. Like Danny Rose. Danny Rose was, as you were saying, he was a real threat that we weren't really handling in the first half. That's what we need on the left side. And he's someone who Spurs fans always get on the back of. Is he? Danny Rose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Walker. Which goes along with my theory that... Fullbacks always get a load of shit. Yes, yes, they do. Um, so it was. Oh, oh here's uh, something else to mention. Um, Shearer on match of the day two last night was very positive about Sissoko's performance. Dave, were you? Uh, yeah, I really he gets was. So much shit. I just want to defend Sissoko again. Well, he's yeah. not the perfect footballer. No, but then but you, he's you, handy. You've he's got to you've got to bear in mind for the last two games he hasn't got shit because the last two well, games. He, he, I mean, I'm talking about Twitter again. Oh, but he got like a lot of shit on Twitter. But I think in I th- the first half, everyone was like trying to find a way to. Apparently, the goal they scored was Sissoko's fault somehow. Oh, that's just, that everything that's was lazy. Sissoko's yeah, yeah, yeah. fault. That's bullish. The the trouble is, in the first half, we were very much set up to soak up the pressure, which means that you're not seeing the best from Vinaldum or from Sissoko. But because Sissoko's been here longer, you're going to blame Sissoko more. And because you've seen him put the effort in and stuff like Vinaldum, and this is not a criticism, it's it maybe just an acceptance that there's stuff about the game that I don't see. He just seems like one of those players you do not notice no. until he scores or assists. I mean, he just... Yeah, I really don't notice well, him in games hardly ever. He's really, really good at receiving the ball under pressure, and a couple of quick touches, and he finds himself space, or he finds himself uh, finds a pass to a to a teammate. We're probably he's, also not getting the best out of him. No, no, not playing. the minute. I mean, guarantee you stick. Um, uh, Michael Carrick a uh, uh, Johan Kabai in the centre alongside uh, uh, Czech Tiozio or whomever you would get so much more from Gini Vijnaldum absolutely he is he is definitely um, a game changer for us and he has to start every game even if he doesn't score or get an assist in a game he is influential in, got, in small almost unseen ways like a yeah. simple touch like there was a lot of times where De Jong was trying to pass around the corner do you know that where, where basically he's receiving it with his back to goal or his back to the, the progress of the thing and it's it just a little like 90 degree pass right. round the corner yeah. that, that, that sets off a play De Jong was trying to do that and was losing the ball quite a lot when Gini Wijnaldum does it he finds the man right? and that's the difference I think that's why we've got to play him and he's got seven goals yeah, goal every two games or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's really bloody good. And he's got no assist, and we're in one game. But that yeah. doesn't matter. But uh, well done, Genie. Um, yeah. So I got to watch the game live. Hmm. My friend 
sorted me the ticket, didn't even have to pay for it. I just got to sit next to him and watch my team beat his for the third time in the row in the Premier League at White, Hart, yeah, yeah. at White Hart Lane. Is it not called Three Point Lane now? Three Point Lane. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Ollie the Tech is going mad. It was same as last season in the sense that we were 1-0 down at half time. We came back uh, to win it 2-1 with Perez scoring Getting the, the winner. winner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Perez. Yeah. Enormously enjoyable mm. um, for me personally. Have you, have you ever sat with the the home fans? <laughs> have you done that much? Only once and it was at Leicester and we got absolutely humped. Right. And uh, we, I celebrate because we went 1-0 up and uh, I celebrated and uh, the lad that I was with was like digging me with his elbow telling me to shut the fuck up yeah. and uh, then they just battered us yeah. and obviously I didn't make another squeak <laughs> so everybody around me was like oh it was a, it was a good effort anyway so like, everyone knew yeah yeah knew. everybody knew I was like, see so, I'm uh, I don't have uh, an accent the accent and of course even if I did I have the talent to disguise <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it's easier for me to uh, hide and I'm maybe not as vocal as you are, Dave. Um, maybe. But maybe it's the third or fourth time that I've sat with the home fans for a game. And I've, I, uh, I don't, in the other, on the other occasions, I haven't liked it. I remember we lost once at Arsenal and I hated that. But I remember seeing us win at Palace with the home fans. Yeah. And that was okay. But yesterday, I loved it. I almost, I almost, would have rather been with the home fans than the away fans. It was just so, because it was a last minute goal. Yeah. And I was next to an old school friend who's a season <laughs> to go, Just to like clamp. I just, when we got that last minute goal, I just, cause, because it was dramatic, everyone stood up. Yeah. And yeah. it was a lot of noise anyway. Right. So yeah. it was like, oh. <laughs> and I'm going, oh. <laughs> and I just went, all over him I just clambered over my mate tried to disguise a genuine smile as a right sort yeah. of like oh, I can't believe we've lost it smile then put my face in my scarf ages <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant I loved I loved oh, I being just... exactly where I was <laughs> there is no way I would be able because yeah did you? I sent you the, the 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 picture on Twitter of um, there's a there's a great photograph of Ayose Perez wheeling away to celebrate, and over his left shoulder is one Geordie in amongst the Spurs fans, two hands up in the air in celebration, just completely like he doesn't care that he yeah. might get punched to fuck. He doesn't give a shit. That was that I was think my you're safe at Spurs. Yeah, they're very, they're a very genteel crowd at Spurs. But yeah. Oh, well, that's one thing about Spurs. My mate was pissed off about it. He says it happens all the time. It was... So what was it? On, on about 80 minutes, it was 1-1. One, one, yeah. Right? And they... They were spilling out of the ground. Yeah. On but 80 I, minutes. I know it's London. I know it's difficult to get home. It's not even London it's anymore. One, but it, like, It's 1-1. One, one. Yeah. It I, was a really good game, second half. It's a, it could have gone either way. Yeah. If you cost a lot of money to go and watch football, yeah, yeah, yeah. most of the people in that ground would have been season ticket holders. You're spending like a thousand pounds a year or something, mm. most of them. 
why if, you, you, if yeah. you're spending that money and you're making the effort to go to the game, why why are you not hanging around to see a victory How in the last finishes, 10 minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which at that moment was probably the most likely event. But it, I, I, you can't. It's not just London, though. Like you go and see, uh, you go to you watch Anfield. Anfield empty. Like Jurgen Klopp actually had a go at them about it and said, "Look, you're leaving like ten minutes early." What, like we were still in with a shout and all the rest of it. It happens. I mean, Jesus Christ! It happens at Sunderland at about the sixty-minute mark when they're three-nil down. Well, Just, I understand I, it when you're three-nil down. I wouldn't do I, it personally, but no. I still I, I can understand the but logic. When it's on it. a knife edge, one, absolutely one. not. One, absolutely one. not. Weird. And these people who say, "Oh, it's because I want to avoid the traffic." Well, then just stay an extra half hour and have a pint with your mate. Like I don't. Yeah. Like, there's no, or if you want to avoid the traffic. Don't go and watch football live because <laughs> don't go it just so it. happens if you're going somewhere where there's 40,000 people going at the same time, there's probably going to be traffic, mate. And football is a 90-minute game, so watch the whole game. If yeah. you're going to pay that kind of money, what's the point? It baffles me. I, I'll never understand it. And they, they, they did, a, they, they did a, like a, a survey and they found that the, um, the more you pay, the more likely it is that you'll leave early. So the pl- right, the, the yeah. fans that are going to watch like Chelsea and spending I don't know like ninety quid on a ticket or Arsenal and spending ninety quid on a ticket or whatever they're the ones who are more likely to leave than the kids who are like scraping together twenty quid to go and watch it at Newcastle. Well, I guess the theory about that would be that they're um, twats. Well, they're higher earners and they've got. Uh, oh, this is just foot, what they're up footsie to. Footsie yeah. shit to get on with. Well, they've got like <laughs> you know the opera starts at seven thirty, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, so uh, Oh here's a quick question Before yeah. we wrap up It's turning into a long podcast It always is when it's just you and me Dave, Yeah because we get drunk beforehand um, So uh, The fucking Mitrovic Yeah Who did he run and celebrate with? Because I was there live And I couldn't work it out The fitness coach um, I can't remember his name It's like Schoenmaker Schoenmaker Why? Is it uh, they're saying Are they going no, out? No they're Is saying, there a romance in our ranks? Yeah it's so sweet No apparently he, They've been working together Quite a lot On the In training what, On an album? Yes <laughs> Sorry uh, They've been working together Quite a lot It was actually quite sweet Because Mitrovic said um, He explained Oh I've been working a lot With him in training And then immediately Switched back to uh, Elliot And was like uh, This This Man of the match award that he was given by the Barclays Premier League on Sky or whatever. He was like, "This isn't just for this game because you've been great for ages, and it's a pleasure to work with you." Oh, and nice. it was just like, "Oh, Mitrovic, you mad bastard! Like, I love you. Yeah. The way you're facing off to Deli yeah, Ali and yeah, then what? giving giving your mate a hug." Deli Ali's apparently to go back to that. Apparently, Deli Ali's a bit feisty. Yeah, he's got but so that's got that was an inevitable got sort of like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's all right. It's going to happen. So. I think that's part of the reason why Mitrovic doesn't start games is because he's just he's. I, I love him and I think he will be a very good player for us. I think he just needs to. But he's I not, mean, when he, he's been starting games, he's been all right, hasn't he? In terms well, of he, he kind of like he came on and he swung his arm at. Uh, I think it was Walker, like within seconds of him coming on, and if he'd connected. Could have been a straight red. Okay. Like well, within was, second, I saw that and didn't see the swinging of the arm because I was there live. Yeah. But what I saw was immediately uh, we were knocking a long ball that actually stuck. Yeah. Because he's able to do that and Cissé... Isn't. Isn't. 
No. And like I've defended Cisse a lot in the past. Yeah. But and he and he will always have that ability, I think, to put away a chance. Yeah. But, but invariably I, he doesn't, and then and, what? and he doesn't offer you much. Mitrovic offers a lot more, mm. as does Perez. Well, what's interesting is Charlie Austin was at the game. Oh right, and it could be nothing. And it probably is nothing. But it was interesting that he was at the game and he tweeted in defence of Ayase Perez when Ayase Perez picked up the yellow card yeah. for um, for uh, uh, like going in for a shot against... And I think, again, I think it was Alderweireld. Um, it was a coming together and he tweeted in, in defence of it. I think um, I'd much rather hawk, hawk off uh, Cissé for five and a half, seven million or something like that to a Turkish club and buy Charlie Austin... I don't think, I, yeah. Because I, I, I don't think you get that for Cisse. No, and probably I don't not. Think you get Charlie Austin for that. We could probably no. I mean, we'd we'd spend ten million on Charlie Austin or yeah. whatever. I'd rather we did that than yeah. than sign Baz Dost, who that were apparently and also were apparently back in for that Andre Lacazette. I'd be v- Alexandre Lacazette, Lacazette, Lacazette. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be very, very surprised if that happened. Well, I'll tell you who else was at the game as well as Charlie Austin was um, Mike Ashley. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he celebrated the victory vociferously. Yeah, despite being a fat twat, being a Spurs fan, we're always told. Yes, um, and uh, he also supposedly had a really bad week. Yeah, biz- business-wise, two hundred and forty um, million. I heard more. I heard like five hundred million. Really, but you know th- th- that's always like it's. Ethereal. It's it's like it's monopoly money. You, well, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not cash. It's a share value. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, you know it. You know that's that could be different in a fortnight, whatever. Um, but he clearly had business wise a bad week, and there was the Guardian expose on mm. on Sports Direct, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And I wonder, are we going to spend money this January? Yes. Okay, and uh, the other thing that I'm worried about to get back directly to the football is that we seem to be, I'm worried, are we doing exactly the same thing as we did last season, which was have a terrible start and we've left it a little bit longer and then we get a nice away victory at Spurs (laughs) and we go on a little run Yeah, and... uh, Mike Ashley goes, oh, we'll be all right now. We don't need to I'd, spend in January. I'd, I Surely he's learnt his lesson. Yeah. There, has he? I honestly think that uh, last season was a bit of a wake-up call to him. And I think that he now knows that uh, you have to... There's there's a lot of rebuilding to do at, at, at St. James's Park. I think the deals that we're going to do in January are deals that we've already sorted so I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, Baz Dost because he's been on our radar for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if there was um, oh god, his name's like Shaka. It's like X A H A R. That just sounds like a I know. Of random li- I'm letters, just mate. Cheating at Scrabble. Yeah, but I'm just I'm sorry. But there's that, these just just sound like a Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so there's there's these players that have been on the 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 the, uh, the radar for a while. They're the kind of players that we've we were like heavily linked with to sign last window. I honestly think we're going to pick up a couple of players in the window. Uh, players like Joel Matip. Um, uh, there's. Uh, 
pissed. There's there's another one. He's a Dutch centre half whose name escapes me. It's like uh, Hesselink or something like that. I can't remember his name. But basically, no. I I do think we're gonna we're we're gonna um, invest in the in the window. I do think we're gonna kick on. I do think we're still gonna end up about thirteenth to fifteenth, just because we're not good enough and we're too far back to finish any higher. Okay. But the the teams below us are fucked. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, just very quickly, let's rattle through yeah. the end of it. So quickly, um, bearing in mind the last two results, what percentage chance do you think we have of going down? Uh, 15%. 15%. So it's still higher than it was like a month ago. Yes. Okay. I was at 50% last time. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to retreat. I'm very re- reactionary. <laughs> I'm going to retreat to 40%. Okay. But I still think there's a chance of a terrible run. run. Yeah. Um, it would have to be carver Just come out of yeah. a terrible run. Um, uh, uh, Ivan Tony got, has got two goals in two games at Barnsley. So well done, Ivan, if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, on this Saturday, we've got... Uh, the team that you'd want to play more than any other team at home, Aston Villa, which means we're going to lose, right? Yeah, I'm going to. My prediction, my genuine, not taking the piss prediction, is one-one. That's what I was going to say as well. One-one. I mean, it's it, because it's because they. When the fuck are Newcastle going to get three victories in a row on the bounce? And it's uh, we're just not. We're not going to be able. I mean, to we do- haven't had two victories in a row for over a year. Yeah, and it'll all <laughs> so, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so three victories in a row. Mm. I mean, the- they might as well all just retire. <laughs> like, and it's it's that thing because it's all by been, a villa. It's, it's all that the, the, they're talking by a villa about. After beating Villa, that was an unnecessary pun. Go on. If Villa, if Villa don't win, sorry, if Villa lose, rather they're saying that's it, they're down. So that's how they can build themselves up and say we have to win this game to give themselves confidence and get them out of it and all the rest of it. They're going to be so pumped up because their next couple of games are like West Ham and Norwich, and they're winnable games for any team in the division. I would say that they'll look at our like away to us as an opportunity to get themselves on a run yeah. whereas we after after um after Aston Villa we've got Everton and West Brom which are two games that we could win or we could lose and it's it's up in the air so there's not that pressure on us having said and all I'm that I'm worried that the the sorry just uh, I'm worried that players like Sissoko Vinaldum and the others will kind of take their foot off the gas because it's in inverted commas, only Aston Villa. I really, really I th- hope that that's not the case, but I fear you might be right. I feel like uh, it will be a little bit of a test of the team to see where they've got that psychological resolve to put in an effortful performance against a team that uh, they're expected to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a game that's on TV though And that yeah. is where we seem to get uh, Three points this season On yeah, those yeah. TV games So with that in mind Seeing as you're saying 1-1 one, one, I'm going to be A phenomenal optimist And say that we're going to win it 2-1 So um, thank you for listening To the Natter We haven't arranged it yet But I'm very much hopeful That we'll manage to fit in Another Natter before Christmas um, But obviously we're all going to see our families whom we love um uh do follow us 
on Twitter at Newcastle Natter. Um, you know, it's we're still not sure about who the rogue tweeter is. I don't know who he is. Someone <laughs> tweeted two one. What a goal! I don't know who tweeted that. Right. So if you're the person who's got our password and is tweeting generic Banal. I love football <laughs> tweets then let's do, have let's, a banter. <laughs> do let us know who the fuck you are um, <laughs> rate us on iTunes yeah. uh, it does help us so please do that and um, get involved in the Facebook page get involved in the Facebook page which is a message not only to you but also to me yeah because I've never got Dave if you want to get involved in the Facebook page do that am I allowed to yeah I get into arguments very easily get involved in the Facebook page I noticed today that on the Facebook page we are in the category TV programs (laughs) Um, so perhaps you can sort that out or if if perhaps there is a Newcastle Natter TV program on somewhere um, Dave needs a piss, uh, so um, I'm going to keep the podcast going another 20 minutes. No, I'm not, because I care about Dave Watson's bladder. So thank you, Dave Watson. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ollie, the Spurs fan, for taking this episode. And thank you to me, Fergus Craig. Goodbye. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.